We Speak English Good has expanded to WSEG TV only on Twitch. Every Monday at 1 p.m. and Friday at 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, I will be going live and direct with guests. I have live looping, improvised music stuff and games prizes and more go to twitch.tv slash we speak english good and tune in also go to modedstudios.com m-o-d-e-d-s-t-u-d-i-o-s.com check out the latest and greatest from this fully embroidered patches and apparel online store actually the latest one is my favorite which is a maga hat with blm spray painted graffitied over it you gotta go check it out it's amazing i put it up on my facebook these hats are selling like hot cakes go check it out for yourself modedstudios.com now on with the show never meant to cause you in a sorrow yep. i never meant to cause you in a pain well we can play it again Only wanted one time to see you laughing. Purple rain, purple 
that was Chance ATL playing Prince's Purple Rain. And that is actually a excerpt from Chance's live stream that he does. Um, and uh, he, he puts on quite a show. You guys have no idea. You got to go check it out. Uh, welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of the We Speak English Good podcast. Today's guest is Chance ATL. Chance is a fantastic uh, singer, guitar player, rocker from the South, from Atlanta, and uh, you know he's just a genuinely, genuinely nice guy. And uh, I had a great conversation with him. I, I cried a little, which is, I don't. <laughs> I always tell people it's like, man, I didn't, I never cried about shit. 
I'd get like wasted and cried about, Daddy never gave me enough attention. But that was just me being drunk and young. Now that I have a kid, it's just like anytime I start thinking about like the future of like growing up with your son and and having these all these life experiences with your son and imparting all this wisdom to your to your son. You know, like anytime that even commercials that like show like a son and father walking through the park together just holding hands. I mean, even talking about it makes me like emotional right now. This is all because I had a kid. Before kid, just ice cold, baby. Ice cold. Just didn't give a shit about anything. And and then all of a sudden you have a baby. Empathy is just uh, knocking at your door. So uh, <laughs> I do tear up a little bit with Chance, which I, I think Chance, it made Chance a little uncomfortable. <laughs> but that's okay. He hung up. He hung in there. And uh, uh, he's... Uh, He's like I said, he's a great guy and a fantastic guitarist. As you could, as you heard in that solo from the opening, he fucking rips. So um, yeah, so stick around. That is coming up. But first, Rainamystique.com. Here you go. R e i n a m y s t i q u e dot com. Go check it out. Rainamystique is streaming on Twitch as well. Go check out her Twitch stream. She's streaming. Tuesdays and Thursdays at 8 a.m. and Sundays at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. <laughs> you can also go check out WSEG TV. We are streaming every Monday and Friday. Mondays at 1 p.m., Fridays at 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Actually, today, as a matter of fact, we are doing a later stream because I am interviewing uh, a music streamer from Australia. And if I was going to try to interview him at 3 p.m. my time, it's like, well, it, it's like way too early for him. I think it's like like 6 or something. And he's a musician, and he plays late. He's a laser. It's Sundancer. I don't know if you guys are familiar with Sundancer. Uh, anybody who's listening that's on the Chance ATL squad, uh, you'll definitely want to check out Sundancer. He's just a fun young man from australia who just <laughs> yesterday he just did a, a a weird al cosplay stream and he went for like six hours and it was a subathon he ended up getting 69 subs um, i mean he killed it he killed it it was it was a really good stream he was he was he was singing songs with marshmallows in his mouth like he went as far as to try to get his girlfriend on the camera, and which in which she refused unless they got a hundred subs, she would do a short, sweet interview. But she, he was like, she she she's not interested, mate. <laughs> but she will do a short interview. I can't do an Australian accent. Anyways, that is tonight, 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. WSEG TV, and that is twitch.tv slash we speak English good go check it out I'm I very much appreciate it you can also like subscribe and review like us on Apple iTunes uh what is it no like us on Facebook Instagram uh Snapchat Twitter Discord go and and uh subscribe subscribe on Apple iTunes Spotify anywhere you get your podcasts subscribe you can subscribe to us on YouTube where we have our music tutorials and the actual live videos of the of the interviews that I'm doing from here on out. We're going to have the videos of the live interviews um, and plus the VODs 
uh, um, the video on demand on, on my Twitch page is still there. So go check this shit out. It's there. Go subscribe. Uh, YouTube, uh, Twitch, anywhere you can. And then review, please. Now, this is the important part. Besides the subscribing, besides supporting modedstudios.com, where you can get fully embroidered patches made here in America. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, so please leave a review. It, it helps us to be found in the algorithms. Um, I don't know what any of that means, but I've read it somewhere in several places, so it has to be true. It helps us be found. Um, it, it, and uh, it's just nice. And, and I'll read it on the air. And I really appreciate the reviews that are up there. There's like 20 some reviews in, on iTunes. And it's not a lot of reviews, I know. But like each review to me is like one like pillar of success. You know what I mean? That means that someone took the time to go through that painy ass process of getting into your iTunes account. And trying to leave a fuck, dude, it's such a pain in the ass. So anytime anybody takes the time to do it, I, it is so much appreciated. So please go leave a review anywhere you can. It helps. Okay, guys, that is it. Uh, I'll see you guys on the other side. Uh, Chance ATL is coming up right this second. Uh, and uh, that's it. Let's jump into it. Chance ATL. How you been, man? How how is your how, first of all? How, where are you? Where do you live? Because I assume you live in Atlanta because of the ATL. But please tell me, where are you? You are correct, sir. I live in Atlanta. Okay, Atlanta, Georgia. Yeah, I'm, I'm born and raised here. Lived here all my life. Couldn't imagine living anywhere else. Yeah. What What do you like about Atlanta? What, what? Um. Well, you know, it's it's been where I've I, I grew up, but. There, there's a lot of things about Georgia that are good. Um, the climate here is good. It's warm. It doesn't snow that much. Um, you get to experience all the seasons of the year, even though in, it's possible in one day to experience all seasons of the year in one day sometimes. <laughs> um, very green, you know, lots of trees. Um, and when I was traveling years ago on the road playing music for a living, we have some of the best highways and best roads there are. So oh. um, it's just it's home for me. Yeah. So I have I've traveled to other towns, other cities, but I just couldn't imagine anywhere living anywhere else besides Georgia. Yeah. Yeah. Have you lived anywhere else? I have not. I've lived in Georgia all my life. Oh. I've traveled, but um, have not lived in any other states. So, so tell me what it was like growing up in Georgia, like, uh, and, uh, and did you have, uh, did you have music your whole life or, or did you grow up with music and, uh, how was that? Yeah. So growing up in Georgia, I lived in the suburbs. Okay. Um, when I was born, I actually lived in, um, 
Atlanta and in, 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 in the city or right outside what was called the West end. Um, and then my parents moved us, um, to the South side below the airport. And so I kind of grew up there and, um, music wise. Yeah. I've kind of been around music. My dad, um, is an extraordinarily gifted blues harmonica player. And, um, he's been ranked as one of the top 100 harmonica players in the world. And he's played, uh, on various session recordings when he was a younger guy. So, you know, the Roy Orbison version of pretty woman, he played bass on that. Oh, he also played, um, bass guitar with a guy named Tommy Rowe and Tommy Rowe had a couple of singles that were popular back in the sixties. One was called Sheila. And then the other one was dizzy. And, um, so I've been around rhythm and blues and blues music and all that kind of stuff since I can remember hearing music. Yeah. Well, that that's awesome. So, so did you grow up in one of those households where you just had like musicians, like like grungy musicians coming in and out, and just like everyone hanging out, and and just, or was it more like, a, or was it a more controlled environment? Like, did your dad keep you away from that? He kept me away from it. I never saw any of his musician friends until until I was older. Um, when I was in my twenties. I was living with him, like my early 20s, I lived with him for a period of time. And I remember um, coming home one day and downstairs, because they had a split level house downstairs, which was like the family room. I walked by and there was a scary looking big guy with a beard sitting down there with my dad. And they were, you know, chit-chatting and watching stuff. And I remember thinking, who in the world is that guy? Because he looks pretty scary. Where, well, his, his name was William Clark or Bill Clark, as they called him. And Bill Clark is like, was at the time, he, he's passed away. But at the time, he was an extraordinarily amazing harmonica player. And him and my dad had become friends. And he was over at the house and they were hanging out cause he was touring and they were watching videos. So, but that's about the only extent of being around musicians. My parents were pretty, pretty chill people. So they were chill. So, so you were, um, so was it like a, did you come up in a strict environment? I mean, it seems like your dad's an artist and stuff. You said they were chill, but like they kept you away from it. So I'm just yeah, curious. Yeah, it was, you... it wasn't super strict. I mean, my parents were, I, I mean, I, you know, they were, uh, they were pretty, um, pretty straight folks. Yeah. It, but it was a, it was a cool environment, but, um, yeah, I wasn't around a lot of that, um, music stuff, but when I was growing up, my, my parents divorced when I was Mm. a young kid. So I lived with my mom and my mom was not, a music person. And by that time, my dad had gotten out of the music business altogether. So yeah. there was a period of time where he walked away from all that. Wow. And then it wasn't until later when I was in my twenties, like I said, and twenties to thirties that he got back into music. again. Oh, that's cool. And did you ever get a chance to like rock out with your dad? Yeah, we've had some opportunities. Um, 
the last club act that I worked with in Atlanta, I guess it's probably in 2014, he came and sat in with us and did a whole set of music with us where he was playing harmonica on songs that we were doing things like green onions. He was playing um, harmonica on some rock and roll stuff that we, we were doing. It was a lot of fun. Oh, that's really cool. Uh, so now when did you get into, uh, into playing music and, and is guitar your only instrument? Um, good question. So um, my first Entry into playing any type of instrument was probably, I want to say I was nine or 10 years old. Um, I don't really remember the circumstances, but my mom bought me something for Christmas. It was called a chord organ, and it was, mm. uh, it was a plug. It was made of plastic. It wasn't expensive or anything, but you plugged it in the wall, and on one side, on the left side, there were buttons that you could push that would play a chord. So if you push the button down, it would play like an A minor chord or a G chord. And then you had a set of keys on the other side. And there were, as I recall, numbers and letters and stuff that were on those keys. And you had a book and you could play songs, mm. you know, just by following along the chords that were on there and then the keys. And I got pretty good on that thing uh, to the point where my mom almost bought me a, a, a piano, but there at the last minute, I was like, I don't know. And, and then when I was, um, in elementary school, I tried playing clarinet in the school band, but the band director was a, was a, a real jerk. And, um, I remember he, he made some comments to me one time when I came to a band rehearsal and I just remember thinking, I'm not going to put up with that. Yeah. So I never went back. <laughs> yeah, and sure. so my parents kept thinking, well, he keeps changing all these instruments. Well, when I was at my dad's one weekend when I was visiting him, he had an acoustic guitar in his closet. And I pulled it out and I started plunking around on it. And then I remember I uh, I talked to him and, and tried to learn some chords, some basic chords on it. And... I, I wanted to get an electric guitar, and my dad said, well, if you take 16 guitar lessons, then we'll talk about buying you an electric guitar. So that's kind of what started. 16, that's a very specific number. Was there a reasoning be behind I have no idea. I don't know what I get. I guess he figured that 16 <laughs> is like four months. Yeah, I guess so. if so. I'll stick with it for four months, then you know they wouldn't end up buying something that would gather dust. <laughs> Um, but guitar is the thing that, that I stuck with. I can play, um, I can play basic stuff on a piano. I'm not really a piano player, but I can play things like I know how to play autumn leaves. I know how to play the opening part to come sail away by sticks. <laughs> I can play, um, I can play Hey Jude. I can play part of the Mr. Rogers neighborhood theme. I can do some of that stuff. So I do have a piano in my house, like a electric piano, but I'm not a piano player. I can also play a bass guitar. If you can play guitar, you can play a bass guitar. I, I, I can play a you I can play a ukulele. Um I know how to play drums. If you put me behind a set of drums, um back in the club days on Wednesday nights when we played in nightclubs, that was kind of like our uh 
the audience could get up and like do a, we'd have like a talent show night set or whatever. People could get up and sing. And a lot of times all the guys in the band, we would change instruments. So I was a lead guitar player. So I would go play drums. The bass player would play lead guitar. The drummer would play guitar and the keyboard player. He was stuck on the keyboard because he didn't know how to do anything else but play piano. So I, I do know how to play drums. So that's cool. And, yeah. That I, so so you are a multifaceted instrument. You, you're multi instrumentalist, and and and, and guitar so, is guitar is my is my instrument. That's the that's, that's your main I'm one. But but yeah, you you yeah. can you can kind of get by a little bit on other instruments if if, if I you can. Have. Yeah yeah. If I had to sit in like if somebody if I had to sit in with a band and they gave me a chord chart, mm. I could sit and play the chords on a piano. Oh yeah yeah. Yeah, I could do that all night long. But if you asked me to do a solo on a piano, I would be like, I would get up and walk out. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, it's uh, it's funny though. Like, um, I I kind of envy people who almost like are because I'm a multi instrumentalist and and like I gig on multi instrumental. I'm a gigging multi instrumentalist, but I, I kind of envy people who sort of stick to one thing. Like you can play these other things, but you don't claim that's like what you're trying. You know, you're not out trying to go to drummer auditions or anything. You're 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 a guitarist. You're a singer. You're a lead guitar player. For me, it's it's yeah, that's it, my thing. Well, yeah. it, it's just a weird. It's it's just a weird thing. Like. I feel like that when you're able to put as much focus onto one instrument, I feel like you can really get good at it and really explore it, really become one with it. And and once you start sort of spreading it around, it, it sort of turns into the um uh like ma uh, what's that what's that uh saying? It's um um jack of all trades master of none right like it's just you you can right. you kind of get good enough on each one enough to do what you got to do i mean and obviously there's there's cases out there of people who are just amazing like like for instance we just watched you play purple rain and prince wasn't a fantastic multi-instrumentalist inter instrumentalist who just just killed it on all the instruments or most of the instruments they played so it was um you know you can get really really good but i just feel like if you're not really focused in on one that you might suffer and and from suffer from that which i feel like i do kind of suffer from that is not being able to really really get down on any one instrument um i don't know do you agree with a statement like that i i, I don't know how do you feel about that well of course there's exceptions to that so right, you've right. got virtuoso type people but um i i know a couple of guys that i played in bands with and they they ended up changing instruments based on whatever the needs yeah. were you know if we needed a bass player while well, they played bass if they we needed a drummer they played drums right. um and they never really stuck with one they were they were okay at all of them um but i think you know there's some people that can sit down on a piano and they can play you know great balls of fire note for note or they could sit and play you know some chopin at a at a piano and and it's equal the quality is equal um but i think that's more of an exception for somebody to be like that and then pick up a guitar and play classical piece and a rock and roll piece and that um, there's exceptions but um i've just i've always stuck with guitar that's what um I was always drawn to, and you know, I was I've pl had the fortunate 
been fortunate to play with some good musicians since I was a kid, and they were real good at their instruments. So it never even occurred to me, well, I should play piano because I'm like, no, my the guy I'm playing that plays keyboards in my band is amazing. So why would I want to do what he's doing? I just need to stick to what I'm doing. You yeah, know? stay in your lane. Yeah. No, right? Uh, yeah, I uh, I actually my mind came out of necessity because the band I played, my first band I played in, already had three guitarists, and I was a guitarist, so. And so they were like, well, you could go get a bass. And so I was like, okay, I'm a bass player now. Yeah, well, here's the story. You know, I played in a band one time when I was in high school, and I played bass guitar in that band, even though I was a better, by all rights, I was a more skilled and better guitar player than the guy that was actually playing guitar. I wanted to play bass because I wanted to do something different. Hmm. So, um, and look, if, if Ted Nugent called me up and said, chance, I know you're a good guitar player, but I need a good bass player. Will you come and tour with me? I would say, absolutely. <laughs> you know, if I'd say, I'd be happy to be your bass player, you know, so you don't turn down yeah. the nuge. No, no. <laughs> no. So for example, like there's a guy and I don't know his name, but he um, he plays in Phil Collins' touring band. I don't know if Phil is still on tour, but I saw him last. I, he probably not, but last. I guess last fall he played in Atlanta. And there's a guy that plays um, lead guitar in his band. That when Genesis was touring back during the um, Tonight Tonight tour and all that stuff, uh, I don't remember the album that it was off but that was one of the songs that was on the record at that particular time on that tour he was playing bass guitar for them he wasn't playing guitar mm. so there's a lot of really exceptional um musicians professional musicians that tour and stuff like that and they switch instruments a lot of times yeah yeah, yeah. totally man so Tell me about uh, how you started getting into playing. And, and actually, this is a question from, uh, that fits in now uh, from Whispering Glitter. She was asking if you were, uh, if you were a touring musician. And so we can kind of get into that. Uh, were, were you ever a touring musician as, as you got into playing music and, and you started getting older, you know, became a man, an adult and stuff? Were you a touring musician? Yeah. So there. I oftentimes um, ask, or you have to think about what the definition of touring is. Um, did I, was I part of a band with a uh, signed recording artist? No, I never did do that. But did we tour as, as an act trying to get a record deal in terms of getting in a vehicle and going and doing dates across the United States for weeks at a time. Absolutely. I did that. Nice. I did that for about six years of my life from 1992 to 1998. Um, we had, well, a couple of guys I grew up with and went to high school with, we uh, traveled around in a motor home with a 10 foot trailer behind it full of PA system and equipment. And, you know, we played about 50 weeks a year. We were off on Thanksgiving and Christmas. Those were the two years I would not play music. Two two weeks I would not play music. But the rest of the time, we were traveling. And, you know, sometimes it would be leaving Atlanta. And I was playing a different genre of music. I was playing 
what they would call new country. But to us, it was like 70s rock. It was kind of like we our original stuff was kind of like the Eagles kind of ah, sound and stuff. Yeah. You know, it was it was that kind of thing. Yeah. And we might try we might leave Atlanta and go to Nashville, be there for four days, leave Nashville, go to Tulsa, Oklahoma, play a week, leave Tulsa, go to Denver, play a week, and then make the 38-hour drive back home. <laughs> and that was a regular thing. I did that for six years. That's, uh, I, don't, I don't recommend that for people that want to have a, a family or a life. It's not a good way to live. But. Well, well, during this time, uh, during this time, did you have a family or were you a single? Musician? Yeah, I was. Uh, when I started playing with those guys, I was married at the time, and um, one of the reasons why I left that band and quit doing that is number one, I did not feel like everybody was on the same page. Mm. We were all trying. It's one thing to say you want to get a record deal, and it's another thing to be willing to do anything and everything necessary to achieve that result. And I was willing to do that, but I didn't feel like everybody else was on the same page. And uh, my late wife was pregnant with my son, and um, I remember I went on a trip one time, and he was a baby about that time he's about six or seven months old and when i wasn't you know playing a lot of times we would play out and we were playing thursday friday saturday or wednesday thursday friday and saturday and then we would we were driving home saturday night so we were usually home on sunday mondays and tuesdays or sunday monday tuesday and wednesday so when i wasn't traveling he was with me while my late wife was at work. And I remember I came back from a trip one time and you could tell that he, he was looking at me and it's like, I recognize you, but I don't quite know who you are. And I was like, you know, I don't want that to be my son when he's two, not knowing who I am. So I thought, you know, maybe it's time to put childish things away and and be a be a man. So I kind of did that. It was not a popular decision with my bandmates, um, but that was the best decision I ever made was walking away from that nonsense and focusing on being a dad. So. What and what what was the? Is it because you were able to be a father? And that was yeah, more fulfilling yeah. than traveling yeah. around in a van with a bunch of stinky dudes yelling at each yeah, other. Yeah, Mike. Yeah, Mike. I just I felt like in my heart of hearts that that band was not going mm-hmm. to go where it needed to go. Yeah. Um, and I did not want to be my age riding up in light, riding up and down life's highway trying to get a record deal. No, I feel so. you, man. No, I I absolutely feel you. Like, um, you know, I had a tour. Like, I don't tour much anymore, but I had a, some tours planned this year, um, out west, and uh, you know, like every time I go out in the road, and and every time, you know, like each time I have to leave my family, it gets harder and worse for me to just go. You know, what I mean, like I just, I like, and plus I have these like horrible horrible flashes of me dying in some horrible like accident on the road because of some dumb reason and having this flash of my son not having a father and this is every time i go on the road so it's getting to that point where it's almost too stressful to even do it and it's all just putting on me because i love my band i love going on the road with those guys those guys are like you know they're cool and 
and we're not doing it like we used to, but we still like to just go out and have fun and we still have a market for it. So we're, you know, we're just having fun. Um, but, but man, it just gets harder and harder. And, uh, so, so that was the best decision you made, huh? I feel like, yeah, if I had to do it over again, I would, would probably not have spent so much time on the road. I would have done other things, but like what? Yeah. Well, maybe I would have gone to finish college sooner or maybe, you know, tried to pack money into a retirement account or just be a normal person. Because, you know, (laughs) while I was out um, traveling for six years, making, I think maybe, you know, after expenses, we might have been making three or $400 a week. You know, my friends had great jobs. They were getting promoted. They were buying houses. They were going on vacations. And, you know, you you don't get to do those kind of things if you're a professional um, traveling, which, you know, traveling musician until you get a record deal. A lot of times, even if you get a deal, it can be years before you start making, you know, real good money. Um, but on the same token, I do have friends that were part of that group that left for similar types of reasons, but they left before we started touring and they have, um, regrets that they didn't go and do what we did because they feel like they missed out on something. Um, but for sure, I won't be sitting around when I'm 60, thinking, well, I should have, I should have gave it a shot to see if I could make it. I did it. It, it didn't work out and I'm okay with that. I, my son is a stellar young person. He's a straight arrow. He's got his life together. He's an independent, fully functioning contributor to society. So I look at him and I, and you know, I'm like, I aspire to be like my son because he's so together <sighs> And I know that I had something to do with that. Oh, so, man. That is yeah. so sweet. Um, I'm tearing up right now. <laughs> um, well, don't it, do that. Well, well, well yeah, well. <clears throat> I, I'm a musician. I'm an artist. I feel things, Chance. <laughs> no, that was beautiful because, well, anytime I, you know, I, the, 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 as soon as I had a kid, because, because before I had a child, I was just this drunken-ass dude who 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 pretended to be a musician but really i was just that drunk guy in the band who was ruining other musicians sets and that 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 was me you know so like as soon as i stopped drinking i had a real career uh but but i had a child and um i mean the um, i don't know it's just like the amount of emotion that i can access now is is just unbelievable and so it's so um it's so touching to me when I hear stories of fathers growing with their children, with their son, and like even commercials where it shows like a dad and their son just like fishing, you know, it could be trying to sell Cialis or something. And I was just like, oh man, that's so sweet. I don't know what it did to me, but before I had a son, I, I wasn't crying. I wasn't, I wasn't tearing up over stories or commercials. As soon as that kid came out, man, it, it just, uh, yeah, well, here I am. I'm I'm, I'm tearing up over a, a <laughs> story that you're telling me. But- well, you know, you know, from my perspective, Mike, I just I of course I didn't have this perspective until I had a son. Right. But I don't think you can truly be a man until you have a child. 
uh, you don't really know what it's like to be grown and then to have, you certainly don't know what unconditional love is until you have a child of your own. So when my son was born, it had a profound change on my life because I was pretty reckless and crazy when I was traveling on the road because, you know, we were partying and carrying on and drinking and stuff. (laughs) And then it changed to, you know, I don't want to do anything that could potentially embarrass my son someday. So it did have an effect on my behavior and things, you know, so a lot of times I would think, Hmm, I probably shouldn't do that. Cause if Jacob knew I did that, I would be, I'd be ashamed. So I think I'll just, uh, I think I won't, I won't do that. You know, that kind of stuff. <laughs> I, I, you know, I, I need to follow those footsteps because I find myself doing just ridiculous, saying ridiculous. Things. Plus I have a podcast. So like, there's just like, there's just like years of just dumb shit that my son is going to be able to sift through and be like, oh my, um, this is my father, everybody. This, this is who my dad is. I, maybe I need to take more, uh, take take a lesson from Chance here and uh, start uh, start cleaning up my act a little so I'm not out here embarrassing <laughs> my son when he's a grown man. So well, I was. Uh, I, I'm pretty sure that in spite of all that, I embarrassed my son often when he was a teenager because he would often roll his eyes at me about <laughs> things that I said. So and that just happens. That's part of being a father and having children. They're gonna be whatever. Yeah. You know? But it's yeah. it's funny. Is like my son. Like it's really weird. My son is completely. Uh, I feel like he's already hit the teenager years of his life, and so it frightens me to see what teenage is because he's already like, eh, I don't care, who cares, whatever. I just want to be on my phone, whatever. You know, like he has that mentality already. This is like whatever, like that whole thing already, and it's sort of like, I I, I don't know what to expect. I mean, because that's that that to me is teenage behavior. Like he's six, he should be like, I don't know. Watching, I, watching Paw Patrol. I don't know. You know, like it's just, it, it's it's interesting. It's interesting um, how fast kids are growing up these days. I think that's what this is alluding to because, I mean, the internet. I mean, we didn't have the internet. I mean, I had the internet in my teenage years, but like as a kid, I didn't have it. And you, on the other hand, you know, you you didn't have it for a good chunk of your life as well. So. I mean, uh, you know, these kids now have access to everything. Uh, how how was that for you? Were, were you able to kind of shield your son from the internet, or were you? Uh, was he just like, whatever? I'm in it. Hello. Uh oh. Sorry, I, I was on mute. I'm sorry. Oh no, totally um, fine, man. So that's a that's a good question. So I remember the first. The first time he had a cell phone, he was probably 12. Uh I remember that's when he was going in middle school. And all he could do on that phone was make a phone call or he could text. Uh So he didn't have a smartphone until until he was in in high school. Um, As far as Internet, yeah, he had access to Internet. I remember I had uh, some kind of like um, site blocker on his (laughs) his computer and if he tried to access something he wasn't supposed to access it made this really hugely loud dog bark <laughs> and so i would be uh we lived in a uh, two-story house so his bedroom was right next door to what was like my office 
and I would be in there on my computer, and he'd be on his computer. I'd go woof woof woof, and I'd be like, "What are you looking at in there? What are you doing?" In there? <laughs> but um, yeah, he was. We he and I um, because it was just the two of us. We spent a lot. You know, I spent a lot of time with him. We we went on our adventures and we traveled together and we, we used to get into mischief and go find crazy stuff to do together. And of course he's a guitar player uh. himself. Um he's an extraordinarily good guitar player. If you think I'm good, my son Jacob is he does stuff with a guitar that I can't I can't do. He's incredible and he's a drummer and he's a piano player and he's a really good piano player he can play pipe organ he can do all kinds of stuff that's awesome um, what kind of music yeah, does he so play he play he's um he prefers like christian music oh, but cool. his his stuff that he but he listens to rock and roll so all the stuff that i'm playing he's familiar with that mm. and he's got an ep on um itunes it's drawn d-r-a-w-n drawn from water which is the definition of the biblical person, Moses. That's what Moses means, drawn from water. And so him and his buddies in high school did an EP, and it's on iTunes. So, And it's um, some of the stuff that he does. He sounds like Chris Cornell oh, cool. from uh, Soundgarden. So um, it's pretty cool stuff. I'm going to have to check that out, man. That's awesome. I, I love that. That's so cool. I, I wish my son was interested in music. He, is, he I feel like he's rejecting music. And he's just, he's like, uh, I, he's like, I can sing just fine. I don't need to know how to play instruments. And the, it, it, <laughs> it breaks my heart a little because I'm just like, oh, all I want to do is show you how to do this. And he's not interested. But you know what? He's very interested and talented in other facets and he's very you know like he's already very passionate about other things and that's all that's important to me i mean i, I mean when i hear you say like you know my son's self-sufficient you know he he, he he's a he contributes to society in a positive manner you know like that's all that's all i want i, I you know if he doesn't want to be a musician i don't care probably better off but it's just uh you know it's you want to I just want to see him shred guitar. I think I just think it would be so cute. But <laughs> anyway. Well, you know, my my experience with my son is I tried I bought him a guitar for Christmas when he was 9, I believe. Mm. And um I set him up with guitar lessons, but I don't think that just because of the nature of guitar, you're a guitar player, you know, with a with a piano, if you press the key it's going to make a sound and right. the sound's going to be perfect. Yes. It doesn't matter if you press the key at the top of the key, at the bottom of the key, in the middle of the key, the note's always going to sound the same. But if you put your finger on the third fret and you don't put your finger in the right place on that fret, the <laughs> note's not going to sound right. Right. And the other thing is until you get your calluses on your fingers built up, because people think guitar strings are strings they're not they're wire and it it hurts when you first start playing it's, it's painful no joke. and you know so most people quit before they or give up before they develop that that desensitivity to their fingers when they can really start to dig in i just found that you know when he was nine he just really wasn't mature enough to really stick to it but once he was 12 I remember that particular summer, I came home early from work, and 
the uh, Led Zeppelin song Dazed and Confused was blasting in the upstairs of my house, right? And yeah. I just thought he was listening to Dazed and Confused, and I was walking to my kitchen for my garage, and I s- stopped in my tracks because I realized he's actually playing along with Dazed and Confused, and he is so precise that I couldn't tell the, where he started and where Jimmy Page ended Whoa. until he until he bent a string and it was just a little off. I'm like, oh my god, he's playing along with that song. Wow, you know, and that's when I said, holy cow, yeah, he's gonna be a good guitar player. And then at that point, I offered lessons to him again. He was like, nah, and the rest of that stuff he just figured out on his own. Nice. Uh, what, yeah. what what's your training, Chance? You're, you're you're mostly self-taught. Yeah, most of it. I did the sixteen lessons that we talked yeah, about, right, right, to get my electric guitar. Right. And I had I had different teachers. I mean, I took I took some classical guitar lessons because I wanted to it, when I was younger to mm-hmm. when I was in high school to expand my lessons. But when the guy said, "Well, you need to grow your fingernails long on your right hand." I was like, no way. I'm, I'm not going to get in. I'm not going to get beat up in high school because I got long fingers. <laughs> right. Um, but yeah, I've taken some lessons, but most of the stuff I primarily play by ear. Uh-huh. But I do know how to read music. Oh, okay. Um, but most everything that I'm doing on a guitar, if you play me a song, most of the time I could tell you, yeah, he's playing, that's an A chord and this is where he's probably playing that chord on the guitar because you know like i know some things are open string licks Mm -hmm. and some things are not so yeah yeah. absolutely uh so you decided to walk away from the tour life um yeah and after you know a couple years after your son being born and such uh what what did you do after that did you just walk away from music or were you still involved what did you do what 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 avenue did you take to make money yep so when so for the first three years after i left um the music business i was a stay-at-home dad i worked uh I worked side jobs and did part-time things. I remember I worked for the newspaper in Atlanta. I delivered newspapers. I wore, I bagged groceries at the Kroger in the evening because my late wife had a great job. Mm. And we figured that, you know, my being away from the workforce, any job that I got, it was going to, it was better for me just to stay at home. And I wanted to protect my son. I didn't want him getting messed with by anybody at a, in a daycare center and all that stuff. So I, I stayed at home and did that for three years. And then about the time he was about three years old, I uh, went to work for a school system and I was a webmaster for about seven years. I did that. And, um, but I was stuck there cause I didn't have a college degree. Mm-hmm. So I quit that job and, um, took my savings and supported myself and my son for three years and went back to school and got my college degree, graduated with honors. And then I got a, uh, a bachelor's of science degree in uh, information systems. And then I, that's what helped me get into the IT field. So, okay. okay. So, yeah. so you were like, I'm just going to reset, reboot, 
do, do uh, yeah, do a whole yeah. So, so it seems like you're into computers a little bit before your your actual school. Oh yeah, so yeah, computers were were my hobby. Uh-huh. Um, when I was 15, 16 years old, you know, I had a Texas Instrument, a TI ninety nine four A. I had a TRS eighty computer. I had you know an eighty eighty eight PC, IBM PC computer and all that stuff. I ran bulletin board systems and all that stuff back in the day from my house. Yeah, I had like three or four phone lines going in and out of our our apartment. God bless my late wife. She put up with all that nonsense. And um, I had, you know, computers networked together and we would have chat sessions and people were playing. And this is, you know, in DOS. Yeah, you know, this yeah. is before before DirectX or anything like that. Everybody was playing, you know, Hangman, or we were playing trivia games networked together. Yeah, I was always into that, and it was a hobby. It wasn't until the internet took off that I was actually able to make money. Yeah. You know, because prior to the internet, any kind of IT job was it was data processing, and usually those guys were stuck in the basement of some building you know, managing big, gigantic mainframes with tapes on them. Right. You know, right. it wasn't cool like it is these days <laughs> uh, or, or like it was back in the 90s. So, right, right. Um, yeah, so that's been a hobby. But but music now is it's not it's no longer a vocation. Mm-hmm. It's it's um, it's a hobby for me. But, yeah. you know, the the beauty of the Twitch platform right. is it is monetized. So you can make some some money performing on twitch which is cool and with all the changes that have taken place since march with all this covid stuff and people being confined to their homes and as you had alluded to earlier in this conversation with the nightclubs being closed down and i I still think it's going to be a long time Mm. before that ever gets back to normal and i'm not going into a nightclub i read an article um recently it was on it may have been on the Wall Street Journal or New York Times or something like that, but it was about a group of about twelve or thirteen friends that went out to a bar in Florida. Yeah. They didn't have masks on, all that kind of stuff. And they went out together and then within three or four days they were all sick. Ugh. They all had COVID nineteen. Oh my god. Um and you know, some people don't have symptoms, some right. people but I'm not ready to uh, subject myself and figure out if I'm the person that has is asymptomatic <laughs> or if I might have to spend six months in a hospital hooked up to an incubator or something like that. You know, I don't I don't want to do that. I so feel I, feel I, I think to me, Twitch is the new nightclub. Yeah. And so when I'm putting on my show, that's the kind of vibe I'm trying to to recreate is we're in a virtual environment everybody's chatting we're having a good time and we're there's visual stuff there's music we're interacting we're talking to each other so it's like being in a nightclub but you know we're social uh, quite socially distanced right from a, a nightclub type thing yeah right twitch was like sort of the perfect fit for a pandemic right it's like yeah yeah absolutely yeah <laughs> it um and i i think i even heard you say it on doc bizzle's interview with you but he was saying uh, i think you said that that you're you're almost sure you're certain that this is the future uh, of i do um and the reason why i say that mike is i have read and unfortunately i don't have the specific sources that i can quote but i've read i've read a number of different articles that talk about streaming more and more stuff is being streamed 
and that the future of entertainment is, is this type of platform. And I think it's going to be it's going to be some time. I know people are trying to get out, but I do think it's going to be a while before things ever get back to the way they used to be. And I don't think it's going to take 10 years to get there, but it may, it may be this time next summer or even the summer after that um, before it gets back, back to normal. And it's a, it's a great entertainment platform. And, and I I do think it is the future. Yeah, man. I mean, you know, with all this COVID stuff, as soon as as soon as the COVID stuff went on, and and, and so did, first, did you come to Twitch at the beginning of the pandemic? Because I know you said last night you've only been on there for a couple months, but uh, so so did you just stumble onto Twitch because you were like I, I good? So I, I'm curious. Before the pandemic hit, were you actually gigging out, or were you just doing your IT work and just playing guitar for fun? Sure. Yeah, I'll give you a, a quick history. So yeah, yeah. Sorry, the, we kind of skipped yeah, over the, your whole. Big nah, it's part okay. Of your it's okay. Here. I'm sure you're going to edit this later. That's no problem no, at all. No, not editing uh, nothing. <laughs> okay. Um, so the last gigging band that I played um, with in Atlanta was from 2011 to 2015 um so the last gig was it was around this time of year five years ago and the reason that band came to an end is our bass player had a stroke oh wow and um he was debilitated he's he's you know he's recovering he's not back a hundred percent back the way he was um but he can have a productive and you know, useful life and all that kind of stuff. And, um, but we were playing out and, um, we were doing really well. I mean, we were, we were booked a year in advance. Um, we played around some of the top places in Atlanta, but I think all of us were kind of getting on each other's nerves and we were getting burned out, which typically happens after a band, you know, you play in a band for a number of years, you start getting sick of each other. And so uh, when that band quit, I put all the guitars in a case and I don't think I even touched, I didn't pick up a guitar or even play a guitar, Mike, for probably about two years. So uh, so like 2016, 2017, never touched a guitar. I guess about 2018, a couple of years after that, um, the drummer and I, we lived in the same neighborhood. We talked about getting together and, you know, jamming. And at that time, my son, as I had alluded to earlier, was an extraordinary good um, musician. So we put him on bass and the three of us just started jamming together. And, you know, Jacob can pick up on anything. I could play a riff, and he could play it immediately. He's like, he doesn't have to say, what is that you're playing? I can just play it one time and boom, he can play it. So we were doing that kind of stuff. And we started getting together once a month at my buddy's house and we would jam. And, you know, after about a year of that, I talked to him. I'm like, what do y'all think about putting the band together and going out and doing some club gigs? And everybody was interested. So we came up with a band name. The band was going to be called the Scovilles, S-C-O-V-I-L-L-E-S, like the the heat of the pepper Scoville rating. And um, we were starting to rehearse um, last year and we were planning on going out and doing some club dates 
this year, and then all the pandemic stuff um, hit, and then I started seeing people on Facebook doing live broadcasts of yeah. them playing acoustic guitars or playing their flutes or <laughs> ukuleles or banjos or whatever. Yeah. And I thought, well, heck, I could do that because two years prior, um, I was gotten involved and my son got me hooked on this PUBG multiplayer game. And I was actually on Twitch streaming some of my gameplay with people that I had met I, 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 with some aspiration, I guess, that maybe I would. Be, I'm a terrible player. I get killed too soon. So, you know, I never win, never win. I always get killed. And um, but I was connected with people on Twitch. So I had, you know, I had Streamlabs OBS set up. I had a webcam. I had a microphone. I had all this stuff. But I decided this is dumb. I can't do this. I and and I'm sitting here playing. I don't want to sit here play video games. I want to go out on dates with girls. I don't want to do that. And um, so when this pandemic thing happened, and I saw all these people on Facebook performing, I thought, well, I already have all the stuff set up. I could do that. And so that's how it started. I was doing some Facebook live broadcasts, and a lot of my Facebook friends would sit in, you know, and, and it was working out, but I thought, you know, I'm sitting here playing, I'm a club musician like you, mm. like I'm playing for free. Yeah. I don't want to do this. And then these people started making demands. Like, I want you to play so-and-so. I want you to do this. And I'm like, wait a minute, you're not paying me to do this. What are you, you know? And that's when I thought, well, I wonder what the Twitch thing is wonder if there's music on Twitch, because I remember when I was trying to do the gaming thing, I was thinking back then, you know, it'd be a great platform to play music. Yeah. Uh, so I started doing some investigation and I started uh, multi-streaming. I was uh, I had an account with Restream.io and I was streaming to Facebook, streaming to Twitch and to YouTube all at the same time. Um, nobody knows who I am on YouTube, so nobody was watching. Nobody knew who I was on Twitch. Nobody was watching there either. But Facebook had a lot of glitchy technology problems. Mm -hmm. And I just thought, you know, Twitch is designed for streaming. If I'm going to stream, that's where I need to be. But it was too difficult for my friends on Facebook to go to Twitch and create an account um, except for a few handful. So, you know, I had, I don't know, my dad, some of my parents, my aunts and uncles, girlfriends, whatever, were watching me on Twitch. And I thought, you know, maybe I ought to give this a shot. And so that's kind of how I ended up where I am today. And it has morphed into in something pretty amazing in just two months period of time. It's pretty, it's really crazy how how much it's taken off in that that time well i mean you got quite a lot going on i mean if you look at your stream it, it makes perfect sense that you went uh that you're sort of rising in 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 the in the numbers and just rise you know just you're you're having a great time with it you can just tell you're having a good time with it but with 
so much going on. Do you are you doing? You're in IT, so I, uh, are you doing this all yourself? The video and like editing the video together, and and I mean, yeah, the, I'm doing it. Yeah, everything that I'm doing, um, everything that you see, uh-huh. is me except for like the uh, branding graphics. So I have a graphic designer that I oh. I pay to design the logo. Yeah. And design some of the headers and layout stuff that you see today. Mm-hmm. Now, this video we're looking at right now, with the exception of the logo, everything else that you're seeing on the screen, I created no. the overlay, all that stuff. I did it myself. And it's changed from things that I was doing two months ago to what it looks like now. Right. It's changed because I've looked at it and I've looked at other people's streams. I've looked, you know, I come and see you and Raina perform. I go watch Doc Bizzle. I go watch just Joe Syracuse. I go watch the plastics. I go watch different people online and I'm looking and, and I'm listening to what people are doing. But a lot of times I'm just looking at the presentation, Mm -hmm. you know, how, how is your show put together? What's your sound look like? What's the layout of the screen? And because I'm a web was a webmaster and I did tons of graphic design, um, and this is a, it's a, yeah, it's an audio thing, but it's also a visual platform. Yeah. A lot of that stuff really intrigues me. And then some of the crazy stuff that you can do with the software that I've learned by just getting on YouTube and how do you do so-and-so? Yeah. How do you do blah, blah, blah? And I've, I've learned a lot of things. And along those lines, I've met a lot of really cool and nice people. So like, for example, I didn't know you and Raina from a man in the moon three weeks ago. And now here I am on your podcast because, (laughs) and that's the cool thing about the whole platform and the music community as a whole is that people are really interested in becoming friends and being part of a group. Um, it's really cool. I really enjoy it. Yeah, and the amount of support that that the the fans and and that other streamers have for other streamers is just amazing. Like, yeah, you, you don't, don't see that in the no. in the real life music business because no, you, you know it's it, it's dog eat dog yes. in the club business. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you're not, you're not, you're not trying to get other people to go other people's shows, you know. Exactly. <laughs> Come exactly. to my show. Um, exactly. But yeah, I mean, that's what's so amazing about this community is that it's just this, uh, it's just this loving community, and like you really meet and build real fans, you know, like people who really like you for what you're doing and like you for the music that you're playing, and i just love that i just love that it's uh that it's just a place yes exactly thank you angel music family um that 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 uh that is being created here created here and you know like doc and the plastics and and you you guys have all been just so generous and just just you know just lovely ass people just getting together and playing uh one thing that when i was talking to the plastics because i did the podcast with them so i i did a podcast with the plastic with the fantastic plastics um that's going to be coming out in the next week or so i think uh but uh it was before the stream but they were kind of talking about how they didn't have a whole lot of luck in the real world like they were able to tour and they were able to do it but it was always a grind it was always a grind and there was they felt like they weren't able to uh, to fit in. They never felt like they fit into any scene. They lived in Brooklyn for years, and and they just never were. It was able to connect. 
And then um, for them to come on to something like Twitch and do what they're doing and find and they're having such great success, you know, that was it was a very overwhelming feeling for them. And they're still like trying to comprehend it. And and they just made partner and they're doing so well and and they're awesome. Uh, uh, But we kind of came to this conclusion that it's almost like this this platform is for. Um, uh, what did what did she call it? She called it the uh, the. It's a platform. It's for the forgotten toys. It, it's a reference to to uh, to fate uh, to Toy Story. But it's like basically saying that like for people who might not have found their people in the real world as musicians, like they come here and they're able to find their people. And and it was the same way for me and my wife Reina. Like we play our music in San Diego. Come here. We actually are being received way better. Because uh, we, li- I lived in San Diego for the last 13 years, and I just recently moved back. So uh, I met Raina out in California. So we played our music out there, and, you know, we just had a hard time connecting. And then we came here, and w- it was easier, but still, it's the same old grind. And, and you know, it's, it goes either way, night to night. But here, we're really finding people who are really interested in listening to the music, who are really interested in, in knowing who... Uh, we are as people, as as artists, and and who are very involved, and it's just, I'm not used to that. I, I think that's the biggest thing is that when people are finding success on it, it feels like it, it's something I almost feel like people aren't used to. I mean, there's obviously exceptions. There's people who are on Twitch who who come on and and they have a big following in the out world, outside world, and they bring it to the Twitch world. But you know, like, I mean, do you agree with that sentiment that it, that that this platform is is almost like it was built for people who just could never really find their footing in the in the real music world. Um. So I I can speak from my own experience of, of the bands that I was in here in town were successful, but I wouldn't say that we had a huge amount of notoriety around town in Atlanta. There's um. There's a it's very cliquish and clannish. Mm. So there's a group of musicians that kind of glom together. Right. And you're never going to get away in that group. You're just not going to be part of that group. Now, I've had an opportunity over the years to play in bands with some of those guys that were part of that clan that i'm talking about but as far as being able to be accepted by all those people now because the music business at least from what i've seen in atlanta you got you got a lot of egos a lot Mm -hmm. of alphas and uh you know and a lot of very competitive um people so we were successful but it was only because of you know, dogged persistence chasing after <laughs> club owners and stuff like that. Right. And, you know, I don't have a gigantic following um, around Atlanta because I, I'm not, I don't know a lot of uh, local musicians because I just did not, I just didn't hang out in that environment, Mike. The three of us, uh, you know, the last band we were three piece, we used tracks for the parts of instrumentation we didn't we couldn't do the three of us because we were bass drums and guitar we did elaborate stuff like chicago and steely dan so oh, wow. we used tracks for the similar to what i'm doing online yeah we used tracks for the keyboards and the horns and stuff like that and it's not because we didn't want to have a keyboard player or a horn player it's because we auditioned people 
and we just couldn't find the right fit. I mean, we spent, I remember we spent six solid months. I think we auditioned like three dozen keyboard players, but you know, they would say, well, you have to pay me this per night, or I'm not going to be happy if I play horns all night, or I need to do at least two keyboard solos every set, or I need to sing lead vocals on 70% of, you know, all this kind of crazy stuff like that. It just didn't work out. Um, but so, you know, when, when I came to Twitch, I was really surprised. So I was expecting this to be like, what I was accustomed to in the nightclub business. So it's been very refreshing that you've got people that are saying, you know, cause I've had like, I think the first raid, the first big raid I had was from just Joe Syracuse, um, him and his mod dared to design has, as you know, they were nice enough to do that. And that exposed me to, uh, a whole bunch of new people and I've made a lot of friends because of that. Um, you would, as you alluded to, you would never have somebody in a nightclub say, okay, we're finished. Y'all all go to club X and see so-and-so we're headed that way. Y'all come on the club owner would have a fit because <laughs> your job is to sell alcohol and food. Yeah. Don't want you taking their customers and sending them somewhere else. Right. You know? So I think, uh, you do have, uh, I mean, I, is it the island of misfit toys? I don't know. Um, but I think that this platform is a lot more accepting because, um, or seems to be, and maybe that's the because of the technology uh, connection. You've got a younger age audience that's more open-minded mm-hmm. to things. And also, you've got all kinds of different information and i mean you've got people in the music category you've got girls playing keyboards you've got girls playing guitars you've got bass players who don't sing they're playing tracks you've got drummers that don't sing they're playing with tracks you've got whole bands you've got guitar players and singers that play with tracks like me you've got cyberpunk bands like the plastics you've got a guy that plays accordion with a, an animated ocean scene behind him. Right. You've got you've got all kinds of stuff. You got love, DJs on here. I you love Aether Radio, everybody. by the way. Aether Radio is amazing. Yeah. <laughs> so you've got you got all kinds of stuff on right. here. So I think there's something for everybody. Right. And uh, I just think that people are more open minded and it's a good thing. I, I wish it was more like this <laughs> in the real world in the nightclub business. Too, you know absolutely uh, now you mentioned the backing tracks um yeah. are, are those things that you put together or how uh, what are uh, what are those did you are those did you buy those how, how do you how did you acquire backing tracks that work so well with your set yeah i get a lot of questions about this <laughs> so i i i get the parts the pieces from various sources. If you go online and search custom backing tracks, mm-hmm. there's a lot of different sites where you can download them. You can purchase mm. um, tracks. There's like guitar backing tracks. They'll have drums and bass or drums and bass and keys or something like that. But I very rarely, I don't think right now, there's not out of the 170 songs, I don't think there's one track that I'm using that I just clicked a button, downloaded it, loaded it on my iPad and started playing to it. Um, because I change arrangements. 
I like to extend like the middle of a song so I could do a guitar solo. Maybe I want to do three choruses instead of one chorus. Uh, maybe I want to change the intro. Maybe I want to get rid of. So like I'm not a piano player, but I I I, li- I love that song New York State of Mine. Well, that song has this long keyboard part at the beginning of it before Billy Joel ever even starts singing. Yeah. So I cut all that stuff out. It goes right into the first verse. And in the middle of the song, there's supposed to be a saxophone solo. I don't have a saxophone and I'm a, I'm a guitar player. So I do a guitar solo in the middle. So most of the stuff that I get is multi-track pieces that I have downloaded and then I load them into my editor and then I produce them and arrange them, adjust the EQ, put effects on them, stuff like that to, um, you know, make them sound how I want. So it's different sources. And then, uh, and that's been, I've done it that way because I wanted to put together a show and if I sat down and create, which I can do, I've got a keyboard. I've, I've made songs, my own stuff with, you know, playing drums on the keyboard, laying down the bass tracks, laying down the guitar tracks, getting a buddy to record the piano parts, but that takes time. And I'm trying to perform and do a show. So if I was creating each track myself, it, it can take, you know, it can take days to do that so that's kind of how i put all that stuff together but the the stuff that i have you can't just go and download what i've got because all of those things have been brought in and then custom eq'd mixed and then i do a lot of uh tricks editing tricks that i learned because the guy that was playing in my last band he was a sound engineer so he taught me how to do a lot of stuff i pan instruments in the mix so it makes it sound fuller and i change the eq to make it sound sweeter and and you know and i'm always experimenting with is the blend just right is the vocal the track and the guitar they blending together so a lot of times i just run obs and i record myself singing the song to make sure that it sounds the way i want it to when i'm going live yeah, man. that's a long answer to a small question. No, but, but it's a huge, but but it, you know, I mean, it's a it, lot of work. It, yeah, exactly. I mean, that's the thing. It's like, you know, it it, it might sound like a small question, but I mean, because for me, I I I, I didn't <clears throat> I didn't know, but in my head, I was just assuming that you just downloaded them and that was it, or. Or this was my theory. You either downloaded them and that was it, or you had friends that made them for you or something. So, yeah. You know, you make your own assumptions when you're you're analyzing right. someone's stream yeah. or something. So <laughs> I can give you an example. I just, uh, earlier this week, I added this song called Shock Me mm. by Kiss okay. into my song list. And the track that I started out with was a bass guitar and drums. Okay. Nothing else. Nice. Just a bass guitar and drums. So... I brought those into Reason. That's the DAW that I use. And I added rhythm guitar to it. And I don't have a punch in and out pedal. So I it took me probably in half an hour, 45 minutes to get the rhythm guitar track just the way I wanted it. Yeah. And then I recorded all the vocals. So I recorded myself singing the melody and then doing three-part harmony with the melody. And then I took that out. 
And then there were parts where Ace Freely is using a flanger on his guitar. So I had to add some of that in there and then mix all that stuff down and then test it, you know, because it'll sound one way on the computer, but it can sound different on the iPad going through my mixer. Right. So I had to work back and forth with that. So putting that track together for that song, because I really wanted to do it, it took me, all told, it took me about five or six hours just to do that one song yeah and you can't download that anywhere because that <laughs> doesn't exist because that's actually me doing everything with the drums and and the and the bass and i think pretty sure the drums may be somebody playing drums and the bass may actually be like a midi uh-huh. bass or something but when it's all mixed together you can't tell right it sounds like a full band's back yeah and maybe yeah, and maybe one day I'll go back and pull out my jazz bass and re-record the bass lines. But, you know, when you're trying to build out a song list for people to choose from, I'm trying to get as many songs as I can in the list and not worry about going back and re- reinventing the wheel and the stuff, you know? Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. The, the, I, that's something that I come back to a lot that kind of... Uh, thank you, Mighty Mighty, for the bit. Uh, yeah, Angel, a lot goes into <laughs> into this stream. I, I, I love it so much, but... Um, <clears throat> Oh, I did it again. I, I I went to the chat and forgot what I was talking about. <laughs> I'm still getting used to this whole chat thing because if it's just a podcast and it's just me and one other person talking all day, just I'm in it. As soon as you start throwing a chat involved, it's just it, it falls apart quickly. Uh, but uh, what what were we just talking about, Chance? I know we were talking about your your tracks and and oh, uh, the 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 whole thing about. Um, um oh my god never mind next question (laughs) sorry we're moving on because i had it and then it was gone oh let me tell you chance this it's a lot to manage just this whole like you have several monitors you have several things going on at once how long did it take you to sort of get a good grip on it and or do you even have a good grip on it now I feel like I'm starting to get there. Yeah. Um, so when I first started, it was weird. It's kind of evolved mm-hmm. since I first started this. So when when I first started broadcasting on Twitch, I did not have all the elaborate backgrounds going. I I, I think maybe I did. But um, I had like a big, gigantic, I had an extra television that wasn't being used in my house. So that was my OBS monitor that sat to my right, which was kind of funny because if I wanted to look at the chat, I had to turn to the side. And it was very weird looking. And, you know, and I then I noticed that the lighting was off. So I had all these lamps and in the bedroom and in my house i had all these floor lamps in here lighting up the room and then when i saw i thought well yeah i think i'll keep doing this i bought some of these um inexpensive led lights and i mounted them on microphone stands uh, which worked better and now i've evolved i actually have a set a, a pair of, fo- of photographer lights oh, nice. that have stands and those are set up and they stay up. Right. And, you know, then I was talking to Doc and I'm like, well, I, I can't 
keep so i was using one monitor for everything and i was all oh, tabbing between screens he's right. like dude you can't do that you need to get a cheap monitor and then put your chat on there make the chat bigger so now i have a main monitor that i use where obs is on it and then off to the right i have an inexpensive um display that's turned on its side mm. and i have the chat window and the channel points redemption nice. window those are on that monitor yeah. and that monitor sits right beside the camera so when i'm reading the chat i'm looking into the camera right. which is kind of a good you know secondary thing because it's a lot more personal yeah. um but like last night i have been Streaming with no problem. I load OBS. I click the button. It says start streaming. Everything works fine. Last night, <laughs> when I hit the button, it said cannot bind to IP4 address. The data can't be found. And I'm sitting there thinking, what the hell does that mean? I've never seen What is that? And I start Googling. And, and the Google answers are not good. So they don't have an answer. And I've just started clicking stuff and clicking buttons and changing options and then finally i don't remember what it was that i did but i changed one thing and i hit that button and it actually worked and i remember sitting thinking i'll be because i was i was ready to start on time and i was 25 minutes late because for some reason the computer decided not to work so that kind of stuff is just mind-boggling to me. I, I don't understand it. And then there's things that I've set up um, that I will test here alone that work fine, but then I stream and they don't work. Or there's programs that you're supposed to load in the background to make other things work and you forget to do it. So it's been stuff that I've had to learn, like um, – you know, making a to-do list of all the stuff that you have to go through before you go live yeah. to make sure that you remember to do. So I, I feel like I'm starting yeah. to get a handle on it, but it's it is a lot because I've got I've got a Kemper profiler that's to my left yeah. that all my guitar sounds come out of. I've got a foot controller for it and a wah pedal that are on the floor that are connected to that that I'm using with my feet. Then to the left of that is a foot controller that makes that can scroll the pages on my iPad when I'm reading the lyrics. I've got a microphone I got to keep up with. I've got a mixer. I've got a sound processor. I've got, you know, monitor speakers in front of me. You're having to adjust the volume on a lot of these tracks because they're not all the same. Some are hotter than others. And, you know, it's that's a, a tight rope act trying to figure out. So it's a lot going on. Then you got the chat going on and then all these emotes explode on the screen because somebody raided you right. and then somebody donated. And I'm like, what the hell's going on? Oh. And you're trying to sing a song. Yeah. And try. Yeah. All the stuff's going on. So it can be an awful lot to keep up with. When I'm done, my brain is usually fried. So yeah. it's, although I'm wired, I'm completely wired. It usually takes me about an hour to fall asleep. Right. I am meant when I do fall asleep, man, I'm gone because I'm mentally exhausted. No, it does. It does. It takes a lot of brain power for all this. Um, I have a question from the chat. Uh, sure. What sure. song or songs do you wish you wrote? Do I wish I wrote? Hmm, I have to think about that one. Um, 
there's a lot of them. I mean, I <laughs> now I you know I do mostly cover stuff, but I am secretly. Of course, it's not going to be secret now because I just said it. But I am working on some original music. Um, but one of the things that you know, I one of my friends that I've met, he he has a channel. Charlie plays guitars. And Charlie writes a bunch of his own own music, and he said one thing to one day when I was visiting him. He said, "You know, don't be afraid to write a bad song." And I was like, "That's that's part of the reason why I don't write music because I've been afraid to write a bad song." Yeah. So I've kind of given myself permission to do that. So I have written some some stinkers, but I'm going to keep working on it. You know. Um, but there's a lot of music. I I'm I listen to a lot of the songs that I do in my song list. Um, I'm playing them, and a lot of times some of these songs are things that I've never played before in a band. They're they're some of them are songs that I've played with in bands, but some are songs that I never did with bands and never really knew the lyrics to the song. I was just kind of you know, singing along with it. And, and actually, I guess I was making up the lyrics. Yeah. <laughs> and now that I really know what the lyrics are, some of the stuff I've been like, wow, that's really insightful. I never realized that now that I'm singing, seeing the real lyrics, the story behind that. So some of the some of the songwriters, some of the stuff that I've seen Neil Young write, the Brian Adams songs, um, the Billy Joel stuff, the Springsteen stuff, a lot of these songs, are, it's pretty amazing. The, the creativity and the talent, and it, it's when you look at it, it's really amazing because it's something that I'm not able to do. It, it really is a, a talent of its own to write music. Um, cause you know, that's one thing that I do notice about some of these virtuosos, like you, you talk about like Steve Vai or Joe Satriani and who are fantastic guitar players. But me personally, I can't stand to listen to any of their fucking music. I, I think it's abhorrent, <laughs> but, but you know, there's a lot of people that love it. And, and for the most part, people like to just watch them shred, which I'm a, one of them. I love watching shredder shred. That's just one of my things. Uh, but I feel like in some aspects when, when people go too far in it, like here's a perfect example for, uh, of this. Um, I, I talked to some, uh, I talked to a, um, a percussionist who plays on Broadway and we talked near the beginning of the pandemic and she's just this virtuoso player who is obviously at the top of her game. She's playing in, in bro on Broadway on, on these huge productions. And as soon as this pandemic hit, she fell apart. And, and and it wasn't because because she was a gig based musician. You know, she she put a lot of value in her work. She put a, she valued herself as this is what I do. I, I play gigs. This is how I make my money. And this is my whole personality is sort of wrapped up in this idea of 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 who I am. You know, and then as soon as that was off the table, as soon as the pandemic came by and sort of took all that away. She, she fell apart and, and she's like, I, I don't have a way of expressing myself. I don't even know how to other than play other people's music. And, and she's classically trained. And, um, and I just sort of see this in these sort of classical musicians or, or these virtuosos where they, they're amazing at what they do. But when it comes time to 
let's hear a song, you know, they, they fall apart. And, and, you know, I'm not shit, I'm not trying to, you know, I'm not downing anybody. Their musicians come in all shapes and sizes and I love them all. But, uh, you know, it, it's just an observation. Uh, I don't know. Would you agree with that observation? Um, I think some people are like that. Mm-hmm. Um, for, for I know me, there's exceptions. Obviously, there's always exceptions. Yeah. Obviously. But for, for me, um, you know, I'm, I guess it depends on what your goals and objectives are and what you're wanting to do. Mm. When you come on to Twitch, I see myself as, yeah, I'm a guitar player and I'm a singer, but I'm an entertainer. Right. Um, so I'm, when, when I'm doing a show on Twitch or stream, it's, I want it to be a show. I'm there to entertain people right. like I did when I was in a nightclub and to make them or help them forget about their problems for a minute and just enjoy themselves. Um, and so I don't feel like, you know, I think sometimes I get the, and, and no one said this directly to me, but I get the impression that some people in their words kind of give you the impression that if you're not doing original material and you're playing cover songs, that somehow that, that makes you less than, or you're not, you know, you're not serious about what it is, but yes. I think, you know, there's some people that want to do original songs and that's fine. But, you know, sometimes Mike, just because you've written an original song doesn't necessarily mean anybody wants to hear it and doesn't also mean that you need to play it for anybody either. <laughs> um, so the fact that you've done that is great. And I say, God bless you. Yeah. But that's not what my show is about. Um, I'm going to have, like I said, have some original material. But when I play an original song on Twitch, it's going to be something that I feel can stand on its own with the other anthemic songs that I do night after night. Um, And I'm playing songs that I love by artists that I love and... I don't play songs at, there's not a song on my song list that I think, Oh God, I don't want to play that again. (laughs) Now that used to be the case when I played a nightclub, right? Because, you know, I had to play songs by Jimmy Buffett. I hate (laughs) Jimmy Buffett music, but I had to play Margaritaville because people would lay a $20 bill and say, can y'all play Margaritaville? So I would have to do it. I hated it, but I did it. But, my show, I don't do that. I yeah. do what I do the stuff that I like. Yeah. And then I have people that will come and say, Can you play so and so? Or will you learn so and so for me? I had a guy last night wanted me to learn how to play. Well, I think you may have been there. Yeah, so, but, yeah. Um, keep your hands to yourself by the Georgia Satellites. Yeah. And he paid me $20 to learn. And I'm saying, Sure. I'll learn Mary had a little lamb if you, you know, for, for that matter. Your dollar, so. your time, sir. No, and Chad, yeah, I, I hope yeah. you, you didn't take what I just said about all that Steve Vai and, and people not writing their own music as a personal attack because that's not at all. No, what no, I was no, no, to do. no, not at all. I, and, you know, those guys, um, so, you know, Steve Vai is an interesting guy because, you know, he was doing transcriptions for Frank Zappa. Yeah. You know, of, 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 and Frank Zappa's music is just crazy. He was yeah, doing tab, 
transcriptions of all that stuff. Um, I think I think there's a lot of artists right now that are having a hard time because they can't go out and play. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, tours have been canceled and stuff, but you know, music is a business. That's why they call it a music business. A lot of those people have managed their money well, and while they may miss being on a gigantic stage. They're not starving to death. They're, they're just know? fine. Yeah, they're just yeah. fine in their mansions. <laughs> and, and honestly, I got to tell you, I'm I'm surprised that there hasn't been more of an onslaught of stuff on platforms like Twitch by those types of people, because you know for a fact if John Mayer mm-hmm. decided to stream on Twitch. Yeah. It'd be a million people sitting It'd in there. It'd be over. Yeah. No, uh, and, and uh, I, I don't know. I mean, John Smerritt actually does stream on Instagram, which is very funny. Uh, he does yeah. have a live stream, uh, but uh, and it does very well. But uh, I don't know. Have you ever heard of T-Pain? He's a producer. Yeah, I have. I have, absolutely. T-Pain, he's on there, and Quest Love has just recently started spinning. But uh, it, which actually brings up another topic, and and I know we're kind of going long here, but uh, and we're gonna wrap up very shortly here. But uh, the the D- DCMA, uh, I know that affected a lot of DJs. Uh, will that have any effect on you? And if anybody doesn't know, it's the DM- DMCA. I can't remember what it stands for. It's basically an uh, an act that was created to protect the intellectual property of of musicians, and uh, and and so this this. I don't know, coalition has formed to kind of make sure that people are getting paid for the music that's being played on the internet since the internet is now like this crazy, you know, wild west thing. Uh, they're trying to rein it in. So recently Twitch sort of started coming down on a lot of the music and, and I mean, even gamers, a lot of people, uh, uh, you know, it really affected their platform. And I was just curious with your backing tracks and stuff. I, I mean, I, I don't imagine that you're affected by that, but have you had any of your uh, music uh, muted or, or have you had any problems or issues with that? Yeah, so the DMCA, the the part that affects us, that's the Digital Millennium Copyright Act. Thank so you. that was the Bill Clinton legislation. So it's <laughs> Title II of that, which is the Online Copyright Infringement Liability Limitation Act. That's really difficult to say, but it's that <laughs> section of that. And, you know, it's it's done with good intention. So to make sure that people that create music you know, get paid for their work. And, and I totally agree with that. Um, I have not had any takedown notices or anything from Twitch. I have had some of my clips and some of my past broadcast videos that have been muted. Mm. Um, it's interesting on YouTube, you know, when I post like a cover of somebody else's song, there's almost always some type of copyright claim. Now, the stuff that I've done by the Eagles, like Life in the Fast Lane, mm-hmm. they take it to another degree because um, in that case of that one, that video is actually blocked from being played in certain countries um, <laughs> beyond the copyright claim because they're, they're, you know, they're serious about they're all that it. stuff. They're on it, yeah. Um, but I got to be honest with you, from my perspective, I feel like I'm doing the artist a favor. I feel like I'm doing advertising <laughs> for them by playing their song because a lot of people may not even know the song that I'm playing. Right. Um, but I certainly understand that. But I do have a performance um, 
license through ASCAP. So I am a member of an ASCAP member. So I have a performance license um, with them. So I can play anything that's in their catalog um, with rights. That, That doesn't keep anybody from muting videos. But I think the DMCA is more geared because you've got number one, the the record industry has gotten wind of the fact that people on Twitch, mostly it's mostly gamers yeah. and stuff, that gamers have been playing co- cover music or copyright music in the background of their streams, and somebody said, "Hmm, this is another revenue stream. We're missing out on some money over here. <laughs> we need to take a look at that." Um, as if the, I think the issue that you can get into, and I'm not really clear because I'm not an attorney, but there's something called a sync, right? So performing a song live on a stream, because I've talked to BMI and I've talked to ASCAP about this. Um, the platforms like Amazon, YouTube, they have uh, performance rights agreements with those organizations because I've asked BMI, BMI. Um, ASCAP and some of the other publishers like YouTube, they have a performance rights agreement with them. The issue is when you make a video of a song, then you can get into an issue sometimes with publishers about the synchronization rights. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, I don't know what the answer is to that. Uh, I, I hope that it doesn't limit the creativity because I'm not the only person on a Twitch that's playing cover songs. Right. You know? Yeah. Um, so, cause just about every, every performer yeah, on is. Twitch is doing covers of some, of some sort or another. So, uh, I don't know how that's gonna all come down, but I haven't had a, a bunch of trouble out of that. Um, and then for the streamers that like gamers and stuff that are streaming and using music in the background, I think a lot of those people are moving to sites where there's copyright free music available. Yeah. But I have noticed on a couple of occasions that some of my videos have been muted, but the funny thing is, first of all, I can't figure out what it was that caused the video to be muted. Yeah. Because I've seen videos of things that appear like this because of this song, but then I've had the same song in a different video, and it wasn't muted at all. Uh, so yeah. I haven't. It, it doesn't make any sense to me. So <laughs> I think um, we're, you know, I think people that are on Twitch that are streaming are very small fish. So I my my point my point of view on it is I'm going to keep doing what I'm doing, and if they take me down and make me stop, then I'll figure out something else. But yeah, right. until that time, I'm going to keep doing what I'm doing. Heck yeah, man. And, and you're shredding it. And I love it. I, yeah, I, you know, I just, I, I'm a big fan of guitar shredder. Well, anybody who can play well, I'm just a big fan of. And, well, thank uh, so, you. So That's I love fine. what you're doing, Chance. It, it's, uh, it, it's really cool. I love your, your backgrounds and it's, you know, it's just different, you know, it's different from a lot of people are doing. So it's just nice to see that. And, and in fact, like, because my idea is like, I have a green screen and I got to get set up here. So like yeah. eventually, eventually this is going to be a green screen back here with, uh, you know, whatever kind of insane, like, 
um, LSD right. nightmare and behind yeah. you. But, uh, yeah. the, <laughs> but you know, it, 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 this type of, sh- this streaming is just w- one thing I learned from Raina, which is patience, but, but she's like, we're going to do this in baby steps, dude, because we're learning like a wealth of information, at, you know, every time that we go into learning something, you know, I mean, it's huge, you know, it's, it's a lot of information. So like everything has to move in increments. And so, uh, it, what would you say to people getting started and streaming music now? What, what would your your advice be? Well, you know, the thing is, I'm going to be I'm going to be doing a, a video pretty soon under uh, it was a recommendation from Doc for just some tips for new streamers. So, um, but the four things that I thought about were number one, be committed. If, you know, whatever your goal or whatever you're going to do on Twitch, be committed to it because it can be very disappointing. It can be disheartening in the beginning when you first start because, you know, there's a lot of different options on the music and performance category. And Twitch doesn't do anyone any favors about being discovered because, you know, their default sort is – the highest number of viewers to the lowest number of viewers. And why wouldn't there? Twitch is not a free-for-all streaming platform. They're selling advertising. They're providing a platform for people to stream, to entertain people that they can make look at advertisements. Um, They're going to sell advertising. I mean, they have other revenue streams, but they're trying to sell advertising so if there's somebody at 700 people sitting in their stream they want people to go and they're going to put them at the top because 700 people that's a lot of of eyeballs that they can sell to procter and gamble when they're trying to get them to buy a uh you know an, an advertisement <laughs> right, you know right. so um be committed in the sense that you know be willing to stick with it if you really want to make a go of it on the streaming platform and don't be willing to give up and, you know, set a goal. My goal was to become an affiliate because I wanted to get to a point where, you know, I could have subscribers or get Twitch bits and things like that and be a legitimate, you know, a contributor on Twitch, like a real part of the community becoming an affiliate not just somebody that just showed up every now and then and, and streamed, but, you know, a regular part of the the community. And I gave myself uh, 60 days, 60, about 60 to 90 days to achieve that, that goal. And then once I achieved that goal, then I thought, okay, well, what's the next goal? So do that, have some commitment. And then number two would be to network. You cannot be successful on an island. That means go out and meet other streamers, introduce yourself, get to know people, make friends. Um, You know, the success that I have is definitely in part because of people that I know who introduced me to other people or they told somebody, they told two friends, and so on and so on. Some network. Go and sit in people's other streams. And then number three would be get your act together, which means get your show together. While you're sitting there with a couple of your friends and maybe your parents or girlfriend, they're the only people that are watching you. 
that's the time to perfect your show, get your act together, get your graphics together, get your sound right, do all that stuff because they're going to be accepting of you anyway. So when mm-hmm. you your networking pays off, people get to know you, and maybe somebody throws you a gift and comes in and raids you that you have that stuff figured out so you can make that good first impression. And then fourth is give thanks and be thankful to people that are kind and nice to you. So if somebody raids your channel, yes, you should say thank you to them. This is my opinion. I'm old school. I'm cut from a different claw. But if somebody raids you, yes, you should say thanks to them in the moment. But just about, I don't think there's any exceptions unless I've forgotten Every single person that's ever rated me, I have gone after the fact and sent a personal note to them. I just want to say thank you again for rating me. If there's anything that I can do to return the favor, you let me know. I have rated I don't know how many people, and no one has ever done that. No one's ever said thanks past that. And then the other thing is if somebody – if you're a streamer, and you go in and you make you make a song request, just like if I was in the night, and this comes from being in the nightclub business, if I come and make you play a song for me, I should tip you. Yeah. I should give you some bits. It doesn't have to be anything extravagant, but you know, if I come and ask you and Raina to play a song for me, I'm going to cheer 100 bits because you're a streamer and I'm a streamer. You know, I, I don't require people to do that either but i think it's a a good thing and then you know be thankful for people that do that for you i i'm not going to name names but i went to a stream when i first started i was trying to meet people and it's this guy who plays piano and he plays some of the stuff that's on his song list is pretty extravagant classical piano pieces and I asked him to play one of those pieces. And before I put that request in his song list, I cheered like, I think like three or 400 bits. Well, this song list comes up and then he starts saying, well, you know, usually I ask for a donation before I play one of these pieces like that. And I'm sitting over here screaming at the screen. What do you think those 400 bits are that I just gave you? Are you kidding me? You're going to complain to somebody that's trying to be... And I've never gone back since because he did play the song, but he didn't really do a very good job at it. And I thought, how rude. Somebody's going to come and be nice to you, and then you're going to be rude to them, and then you don't even really do a good job either. Yeah. So I would say be thankful, say thanks to people, show appreciation, because that goes a long way. And just saying thank you means a lot to folks. So those would be the four things yeah, that's that pretty, I would say to anybody that's new at it. That's that's pretty solid. That's pretty solid advice. Chance, I thank you so much for coming on the show and just you know just chatting it up with me. I it, it's been a pleasure. And again, I I'm a huge fan. Um, well, thank you, Mike. I I'm a fan of you and Raina, and I'm flattered you. that you would. Um, include me on your podcast and anytime it's it's good i'm glad that i got to know you i've I've met met and getting to know you guys um i i know i just i just sat you here for like an hour and a half do you do you got about 10 more minutes to play a quick game sure sure awesome okay all right guys we're gonna play how much does it cost on craigslist give me one second to get this set up i'm gonna shoot back just sit tight just for a second there uh 
uh, Chance and I will, and uh, we'll get people could still hear you and stuff. So if you want, if you want to talk or sing or whatever, that's totally fine. (laughs) Well, I'll sing tonight. I'm not going to sing right now. Oh yeah, what time do you? What time's your stream? Uh, we start. We'll kick it off tonight at nine nine p.m. Eastern. Nine p.m. and uh, I'm gonna be there, throwing bits and making requests. You don't know, like that request song list. I always was afraid of that. And then last night you're like, "Come on, Mike! Or come on, we speak English good. Come on, Reina, put yeah, in a song." Go list. ahead. Well, go no, ahead. because because I I never did that because I was like, "Oh, I gotta sign up for another thing." Oh yeah, but it yeah, was so yeah. easy. It was so ridiculous that I never did it. It's just it was like literally two clicks, and, and then I was able to request Purple Rain. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay, guys. Oh wait, this is totally the wrong thing. All right, I'm almost there, guys. We're we're gonna get this. We're gonna make this happen. Okay. Sounds good. So the name of the game is called "How Much Does It Cost on Craigslist?" and um. Yeah, so it, it's basically it's in the name. It's so the rules are it's kind of like the price is right, and uh, but you can go over the price, and you um, oh wait, a second, I gotta transition. Hold on, and uh, whoever wins the round wins a patch from our sponsor. Hold on, from our sponsor, modedstudios.com. I got I just got this awesome, huge shipment of patches. So we got. We got Round Earth Club. We like that ass the same way we like our planet. That's the Round Earth Club patch. Uh, we got we got the Bernie Sanders. Uh, it's still Bernie Sanders, still topic. Uh, what do we got? L- L.A. native. Like anybody wants L.A. native. Uh, w- Wu-Tang San Francisco. Wu-Tang patches. So we got a punch. Of, a punch. So we're going to give away patches uh, if you win the round. So uh, it's whoever is closest to the price so first we're gonna start off with our vintage jukebox plays records oh that's what the name of the yeah so uh chance are you able to see these pictures i can see the jukebox yeah great so i'm gonna read the i'm gonna read the description and then we'll take our our bids so uh selling a working jukebox that holds 145 rpm records works and sounds great great for your game room or man cave it comes with some classic country music, pop, and, oh, country music and pop music. So since uh, since Chance is our guest, uh, we'll we'll let him open up the bidding. What do you got for us, Chance? What what would you say this costs on Craigslist? I would say four thousand dollars. Oh my, he's coming with it. Hey, you guys can start dropping your your uh, bids in the chat, please for a chance to win a patch. Hey, Uncle Ray, what's up, man? I saw you said hi earlier. Sorry I didn't get to. Angel Y2K, I, I appreciate you hanging out for the whole chat, uh, for the whole interview. I, I saw your, your comments and stuff, uh, but uh, thanks for hanging out. Okay, so Chance says 4,000. Uncle Ray says 1,500. Uh, Raina says 2,400. And Angel says 1,200. Oh, I forgot to load the. Oh, and my to my. Oh, my to my to ten thousand dollars. My goodness, you are coming with the heat today, ma'am, or sir. Sorry, they. <laughs> I'm still getting used to not knowing genders. And okay, we're gonna we're okay. I, I forgot to get my um my drum roll. So we're, we don't have a drum roll. So everybody, do your mental drum rolls. 
Uh, oh my god, that was a very aggressive drum roll. Uh, let's see. Wow. Uh, okay. So actual retail price on Craigslist. $1,800. Whoa. Uncle Ray. Wait a second. Hold on. No. Is it? Uh, yeah. Uncle, Uncle Ray takes it. All right, Uncle Ray. Uh, hey, Uncle Ray, did you end up getting your uh, Yoda patch? I don't have any. So, Uncle Ray, you get a patch. Um, I, I'm, 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 I'm not going to be able. I got herpes. Wrap it up. I got forever from... Uh, there's a lot going on. So, uh, Uncle Ray, go ahead and um, whisper me your address. I think I might still have it from last time, actually. But it might be a random one. You can also go to modedstudios.com, M-O-D-E-D-S-T-U-D-I-O-S.com, and check out their selection. I have most of the patches on there. So if you want to pick out a patch from the website and send over a couple options, a Wu-Tang. Um, I got a couple of those, so uh, we'll, we'll talk, we'll talk. Okay, next item up for bid. We're gonna just do three tonight, folks. So sit tight, if you didn't win that one, you got a whole nother couple chances. So let's see what's next on the docket. Okay, <laughs> the boar skeleton. All right, here we go. Um, so this is the boar skeleton. I think this is, I don't know where Worthington is. Uh, but it's a complete uh, domesticated, professionally mounted boar skeleton from early 1900s. This unique item is over five feet long and over three feet tall. Similar new mounted boar skeleton sell for over blank because I didn't want to give you guys any hints. Uh, this base is, oh, the base is solid walnut. So go ahead, drop your uh drop your um bids in the chat and uh uh again we're gonna start with chance what what do you got on this boar skeleton chance i'm gonna say forty five hundred dollars oh look at you you're going you're staying in the four thousands okay rain of mystique says seventy five hundred uh, Angel says 13th. Ooh, Angel. I like, I like that you're coming out swinging. Uh, and let's see, mighty, mighty. We got five, six, 5,600. Okay. Uncle Ray, uh, you won this last round. So I, I, I appreciate you remembering the rules, but you can still bid if you feel that you want to, I, you know, I, I need to have the prize. I used to have a prize, um, where if you got the exact number, you got like a special prize, so like everybody could keep bidding, but I don't have a special prize. So, so if you want to keep bidding, it'll just be fun. Uh, but anyways, so let's find out how much this boar skeleton is on Craigslist. This is such a ridiculous game. Uh, boom, boar skeleton, $2,200. So who has that? Uh, it looks like, I think Chance took that one. Hey, Chance, look at you, buddy. You got one. Yahoo. I yeah. figured if I kept saying the same thing, maybe one out of three ain't oh, bad. Eventually, eventually you're going to get it. <laughs> eventually you're going to get it. Okay. Well, you know, a broken clock is right twice a day. So. <laughs> there you go, folks. Sage wisdom from Chance ATL. Uh, let's see, uh, we got one more in us, folks, and then we're gonna let Chance go, and we'll probably just wrap up, because I'm hungry, and, uh, and Raina went and got some barbecue, so, you know, I'm gonna have to go out there and do something, something over there, okay, 
So what's, what's this one? No, okay. So these are going to be some paintings, and um, I kind of have a soft spot for this kind of stuff. My father was huge into these kind of memorabilia: Three Stooges, Laurel and Hardy. Uh, what's those? What's those boy? Those guys who always were in the trouble in the silent movies. They, the Buster, Buster Keaton was a silent guy. Just old comedians from back in the day, vaudeville days. My brain is so full of useless information, like like swing music, like Benny Goodman. I know who Benny Goodman is. <laughs> I know how Glenn Miller died, okay? I know things. Um, anyways, so let's read this. Uh, so this is a Laurel and Hardy 1938 French posters. Now, this is two of them. So there is uh, uh, Laurel and Hardy. and uh, I can't remember which one is which. Um, Ollie, I know Ollie is the fat one, but I can't remember if he's Laurel or Hardy. Do you remember which one's Laurel and Hardy, Chance? Or are yeah, you? um, Oliver Hardy is the, uh, the, bigger one. The big one, and then... And Stan Laurel is the skinny one. Thank you. Thank you very much, Chance. I appreciate that. Uh... <laughs> Anyways, so price reduced. So keep that in mind, folks. The price is reduced. And this is out of Patescala, which I forgot where that's at. Most sometimes geographic works, the geography of where it's at can work. So if you're so you gotta imagine that you're gonna overpay in like a city like in Los Angeles or something, or maybe not. So these are just things to consider. I'm trying to give you strategies here, folks. Okay. Oh, Raina's already in. Make sure to whisper with your address. Oh, yeah. Uh, whisper your address over at Chance. We'll, we'll, we'll take care of that, too, uh, afterwards. All right, so prices reduced. I have two marvelous French Metro Goldwyn Mayer Stan Laurel and Oliver Hardy posters that have been professionally reframed and matted with regular non-glare glass. They were originally on display within a Columbus, Ohio movie theater that closed decades ago. We matched the color and matting so it was exactly the same as that originally used during framing. The outer frame measure... Okay, so now they're just giving... Uh, let's see. They have been uh, stored within a smoke-free, pet-free home for the past several years. Please feel free to ask all questions. Um, blah, blah, blah. They want cash. Pickup only. Okay. Anyway, so that's a quick description of that. So we're going to start the bidding, and you guys already started. So Raiden has 50. Uh, Mighty Mighty has uh, 300. Chance, what do you got for us? Is that for a pair or just for one of them? This is for both of them. This is for the both of them. So it's. A I'm going to say 125. Oh, okay. Chance with the 125. Okay. Anybody else want to drop any uh, any bids? If not, no problem. We're gonna we're gonna go ahead and uh, reveal it here. We'll give you. Oh, Angel jumped in right at the last second there. All right. Let's see what we got, folks. I'm excited because I forgot all the answers. So. All right. And the actual retail price on Craigslist. Seven ninety five, which makes mighty mighty. Wait, no, wait. What chance put down? Chance put down three. Wait, no. Chance put down one twenty five. So mighty mighty, you won a patch. Go ahead and drop your address in the whisper. This is like your third patch. <laughs> 
Um, so I appreciate. It. So Chance, uh, again, thank you guys so much for playing along. I really appreciate it when you guys uh, when you guys are playing with me because because I couldn't imagine just guessing the prices myself and then answering them. Uh, it would be kind of boring. So thank you guys so much for playing and thank you so much, Chance. I appreciate you coming on the show and 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 chatting it up with us and playing games. And uh, make sure you guys tune in for Chance's uh, live stream tonight, uh, starting at nine o'clock. Chance ATL. I think Angel. I, I, I'm Angel. Did Angel come over from your stream? Uh, I'm not. I'm sorry, Angel. I, I yeah, she's one of my. Um, she's one of my regular. Oh, folks. Angel, yeah. thank you so much for coming yeah. and hanging out with us and 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 hearing your boy talk. I hope you learned something about Chance that you might not have known <laughs> otherwise. And uh, and again, Chance, thank you so much. I'll be seeing you later. Thanks for on. having me, Mike. Oh, of course, man. Anytime. And uh, I'll be seeing you later on tonight in your stream. Sounds great. I'm looking forward to it. Awesome, man. All right. Chance, ATL. Enjoy that barbecue. Ooh. I'm, I'm envious. Ooh. I'd like to have some barbecue. I think I'm going to take all the grilled chicken that I made earlier and put barbecue sauce on it, and I'll think about y'all. <laughs> I love it. I love it. <laughs> we'll be eating barbecue together, Chance. All right, everybody. All give right. Chance take a round care. of applause. All right, Chance. Peace. Thank you. Thank you so much, Chance. I really appreciate you coming on the show and, you know, get, giving us your time, giving us your story. It's always very much appreciated. Go check out Chance ATL, ChanceATL.com. Uh, and uh, go check out his YouTube. Go subscribe to him on Twitch. Go hang out and chat. He, uh, he I'm telling you, you're going to love his stream. He has, like, he has, like, lights and um, he has a whole thing going on. He has a Les Pauls, several of them, which is a highlight for me. Uh, <laughs> he just, uh, he has his shit together. And, and the production, as you heard, he puts a lot of time into the production of these backing tracks that he's playing over. So a lot of time, a lot of effort and, uh, has gone into his stream and it shows. And, uh, you know, he's growing as a streamer. And he's just, uh, you know, he, he's a great guy, and, and go support him. So, okay, uh, uh, ChanceATL.com, go get it. Uh, also, go check out RainMystique.com, R-E-I-N-A-M-Y-S-T-I-Q-U-E.com. We're supposed to be releasing a new single sometime, but we've been so busy that we don't even have a ch we didn't even have a chance to upload it. So, we're it's coming. We have a new single dropping. Um, that is a collaboration between uh, the Euphoria Brass Band out of San Diego, California, and Rain of Mystique out of San Diego, California. <laughs> uh, it, it's coming out soon. I don't know when, but it's going to be dope, and you'll love it. Uh, you can also go and uh, subscribe, like, and review. All right, no, like, subscribe, review. Oh, my God. Come on, guys. I'm going to get this. Like us on Facebook, Instagram. Twitter, wherever. Subscribe to us on iTunes, uh, Twitch, YouTube, the whole thing. And then please leave a review. It helps us very much be found in the algorithms. Uh, you can also write the show at WeSpeakEnglishGood at gmail.com. Check out the newly redesigned We Speak English Good. It's the pandemic-designed version. Um, 
the yeah, it's basically I had enough time to actually get my website looking somewhat decent, um, which made all the fucking difference. By the way, I, I just want I can't stress that enough. Make your website look good, <laughs> please. Anybody who's trying to reach out to people, anybody who's trying to, uh, you know, like if you're trying to like put on a good face, don't just, just fucking, just put your website together. Let me tell you, it makes all of it, even if it's a fucking splash page, just put it together. It helps. It helps. Like the amount of traffic that went from my my website, it went from literally like one or two people a week to like hundreds of people a day now hundreds of people a day isn't shit right but hundreds of people a day over a course of a month is thousands of people a month so it's really interesting right <laughs> that's uh, it, that's really interesting that all it really took was uh, redirecting your traffic to your website and and having a website that counts and however you redirect people to your website rather than like social medias and stuff um, because your website is your website that's your content that's you uh, when you post stuff on social media that's theirs they can do whatever they want with it they can take it down whenever they feel like it they can they can you know block it they can bury it in their algorithms so there's the social media thing is wonderful and it's definitely worth curating but I definitely would say put a good amount of time into your website and how whatever you're doing and in whatever business you got, make sure that everything leads back to your website. So, for instance, for me, anytime I put out a podcast now, it's linked to my website. So it's wespeakenglishgood.com slash episode slash whoever the episode is. So like today, it's going to be wespeakenglishgood slash episode slash chance ATL, right? So anytime someone clicks on that link to listen to the podcast, even though it's hosted through SoundCloud and I'm posting it on Facebook, the link is directly linked to my website. So when people click on that to listen to Chance ATL, to listen to this, it's also linked to my website. And nine times, not nine times out of ten, honestly, it's not even nine times out of ten, but a lot of the times people, you know, it's like, oh, here's a website. Oh, this looks good. Oh, let's go click around and see what else is going on. And, and then there you go. You have people clicking around your website, uh, having interesting content to look at, having things that sort of to do on your website is cool too, which I, it's not like I got games or anything, but you know, there's all kinds of things you can click on there and, um, you know, it looks good. It, it looks like, uh, it looks like I'm doing things over here. Hey, so Really quick advice that I've given out before that I've read in several places and seen on lots of videos of people who have done successful things on the internet. So <laughs> just quick advice. If you haven't heard, do that. Okay, guys, that is it for me. I'm going to cut it short. I have a long ass day ahead of me, and this is... Whew, this is crazy. So, again, I'm interviewing Sundancer tonight, 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. If you're in Australia listening, it's like 9 a.m. or something. So, um, you know, if you maybe catch the VOD. I don't know. I've had a lot of Auss Aussies uh, hit me up in my Discord saying uh, if there's going to be, like, a, a, a other methods of watching and uh, rather than watching live because apparently Australians don't get up early in the morning i don't know anyways 
Hey, I heard it's a beautiful place. I, I mean, I get it. I lived in San Diego. There was a time when I was waking up at like noon. Like, fuck it. Beautiful outside. Why do I care? I'm going to sleep it off. Anyways. Okay, guys. Take care of your fellow human beings. HJs for everybody. I will see everyone uh, next Wednesday with Just Joe. I'm also doing a live loop stream this Monday. Um, so please tune in for that. It's just going to be me doing live loops and hanging out and chatting. So if you feel like chatting, hanging, hearing some live loops. Yeah, I've been trying to think of different ways to sort of market my live loops. And really what's interesting is, is that it's really like when I listen to live loopers, I'm usually do, listening to them while I'm working or um, some people like to listen to it while they're going to sleep. Some people like to listen to it while they're gaming. So that's why I think that's uh, one good part of my marketing plan here is, hey, if, if, if you guys are just gaming or just hanging out and chilling and talking, you need some background music, throw me on. That's that's what I'm good for. It, it, there's visual element to it. And it, Anyways, tune in. Mondays at 1 p.m. I'm going to be doing my live stream set. I might even have to do it on Friday but I don't know. We'll see. Uh, I'm not sure what ne next week looks like. It might be all live loop streaming. But as for the podcast, that's for Twitch. As for this our, this podcast, next Wednesday we got just Joe Syracuse, who is another music streamer and a fucking hilarious dude. Fucking rock star to the end. Uh, he, he's a... Uh, what the fuck? He, he fucking... He was in a band. I can't remember the name of his band, but he... They found a little bit of success, but fizzled out before they were able to hit that level, um, which they would have. You could tell, like they were on that trajectory. They were signed to a major label. They just, you know, they got tired of the grind because they weren't making money. Anyways, long story short, you'll hear all about it next Wednesday. Um, you know, he has a song. His band has a song with Peter Steele from uh, Typo Negative. He has stories about Peter Steele. Uh, it's a great interview. You're going to love it. Fucking next Wednesday, we're dropping it. So, okay, guys, I'll see you all next week. Stay safe. Be cool. Be good to your fellow human beings. H Chase for everybody. I will talk to you soon. Bye. Fresh.